Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vibrant Life Allies, the podcast where your host, me, <laughs> Lisa the Life Coach, introduces you to other coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts who can help you live life more vibrantly. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Haley Kalani, and she is a high-performance creative coach, which, if you don't know what that is, she will explain it much better than I could, and you're probably thinking, I don't know if that's me. It is you. There's something that you can learn from this interview because I know I did. It was so amazing. She's such a, a lovely person. And, you know, we talked about creativity, productivity, connection with others, our relationship with ourselves, you know, how to incorporate more curiosity and fun and play in your life. Who doesn't want to know about having more fun and play in their lives? And also, being successful and having, you know, a business or whatever success might be for you. So please check it out. And if anything resonates with you, um, reach out to Haley. I know that she would be a joy to work with and that you would definitely benefit. So enjoy today's episode and get out there and live life vibrantly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I'm Lisa, the life coach, your host, and I have a fantastic guest for you today. I will let them introduce themselves. Hello. Thanks so much, Lisa. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, my name is Haley Kalani. And if I were to give a title for what I do, it would be high performance creative coaching, which when I say it, you're like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) But what it really means is I take on three main aspects in my coaching, which is creativity, productivity, and connection. And those are the three, what I like to call virtues, essentially, that helps us become the highest version of ourselves. So we can be extra productive, we can have our thinking become expansive, we can be more creative, we can build stronger relationships with people. And in turn, that's always going to help us our marketing better. It's going to help us be better business owners, better entrepreneurs, better networkers. And so that's essentially what I do. That's fantastic. And those are also really good skills for, for anyone to work on. I think, you know, connecting with their own creativity and what it actually means for them to be productive and then how to connect with other people. So there will be tons of value to go around for everyone today. So that's a little bit about what you do. How did you come to this point where you coach high-performing creatives? Yeah, it was like a roller coaster, essentially. But I guess to connect the dots all the way back to when I was a kid, I've always been really creative, really focused on fun and prioritizing my own fulfillment, really in a selfish way. Definitely as a kid, too, I was like, you know what? don't really love school, don't really love when other people tell me what to do, don't really love the structure of other people's plans, essentially. And as I got older, that was a common theme. And as I got older, I around eight years old, I actually got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called aplastic anemia. And it's where your good cells are attacking each other. And so essentially, my immune system was low all the time. Uh, imagine, you know, us in a global pandemic right now, but the whole world, everyday germs was my global pandemic at the time. And so I was in and out of the hospital and I've always been very introspective, but it gave me a lot more time to just sit. 
I don't have any brothers or sisters and friends couldn't come and visit. So it was just a lot of alone time. And over the course of having, you know, doctors and nurses and so many people help me and use their unique gifts to help me be able to go into remission. So I'm all healthy now, which is great. Fantastic. Yeah. It put life in a new light for me. I didn't want to settle for anything. It showed me that, you know, life is short. And even though I was a kid, I was sort of thinking of these more adult concepts of, hey, you only have a certain amount of time to live and you better live it to the fullest. And so throughout high school, I just chose to follow where my heart was, which was in hobbies. I loved music. I loved MMA and soccer and moving my body, figuring out how to help my friends solve their own high school problems at the time, right? Because we didn't really have big problems. It was more like, oh my God, this person is judging me for X, Y, Z. So that's where I got a taste of the skills that I have over the years essentially accumulated. And as I got older and older and older, I kept diving into those fun areas of my life. And so I started working at a recording studio, which was amazing. And I met so many incredible people. And as I was working there, I came across a mentor and she was involved in the entertainment industry. She was a music lawyer and she took me under her wing and she showed me a lot about the business side of things. And as I was working with her in the studio and coming into contact with so many new people, I kept seeing a common theme, which was really talented people were struggling to make money off of what they were best at. And I thought it was so backwards. And that was me included. I loved music, but I wasn't making money off of it. And I was a really creative thinker, but I wasn't making money off of that. And so after snowballing into the world of entrepreneurship, which my mentor led me into, I just started experimenting and say, how can I take what I'm really good at and one, become better at it. And two, use it to help other people. And I kept thinking, you know, gosh, for all of these talents, people, if you could just package what you're so good at into a beautiful message and share it with the right people at the right time in the right place, people would fall in love with you. There'd be no problem that money would come flooding your way and abundance would come flooding your way. So that led me into a lot of trial and error. I started my own business. I started working as a social media manager and it was just tasting like really figuring out, okay, how does this all work? Because I had zero business experience. Nobody I'd ever met was really in business or entrepreneurship. And so it was me carving the path and getting a machete through the forest all along the way. I like that. And um, it led me to really think, you know what, this whole management thing is not really where it's at. I wanted to be part of the creation process. I wanted to help people take their ideas that were up in here in their brain and actually create that in a reality. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to shift into the coaching space. I'm going to shift into helping people transform into a more creative person. How can I help people actually start to think bigger? And if they can think bigger, their content will be more creative. It will be more engaging. The people that they reach out to, if they're more secure in themselves, and then we can start reflecting and asking ourselves tough questions and becoming essentially detectives of our own life, we can start to then find people who can help us achieve what we want. 
And so that really spiraled into what I do now, which is high performance creative coaching and helping people transform into the highest version of themselves. Wow. That's an amazing story. You've had quite the journey and that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So explain a little bit then about the people that you're serving, that you're working with. Like, where are they now and where do you take them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I typically help entrepreneurs, freelancers, or high-level executives. And right now, most likely they're in a spot where they're feeling a little bit stuck in one area of their life. Most commonly, it has to do with marketing, I find. And then if we're focused on marketing, if the entrepreneurs are focused on getting their business out there to reach more eyes and ears, there's usually some underlying causes as to why their marketing plans or structure isn't working. And so when we take a deep dive into there, we usually find, okay, are there some limiting beliefs that we're setting for ourselves? Are we afraid that we're not good enough? Are we essentially downplaying how creative we can be? And what I find is that a lot of people in entrepreneurship and business, they're very left-brained, logical thinking. And so to flip the switch and go into a creative mode or even a play mindset is a little bit difficult. And it sounds almost frivolous. Like, why would I throw myself into creativity and having more of a playful mindset Like, how is that going to help me in business? And so we usually start there and work through the common problems that are lying there. I I think that that's probably definitely something that people have very strong self-limiting beliefs around whether or not they are creative, as if that is something that is, is set in stone. Yeah, for sure. I think it comes from a lot of comparison. Like, you know, we look at social media all the time and we're saying, oh my gosh, this person's content is so good. Or, you know, they're doing so well. Why can't I have that? Or why is it working for them, but not necessarily for me? And what we also commonly find is, you know, we'll look at somebody who's in our own terms successful and see what they're doing. And then we'll try and copy that. And when we try and copy it, sometimes it works, but I would say most of the time it doesn't. Because what happens is what they're doing works for their specific blueprint is what I call it. And when we try and apply their strategies to our specific life, usually there's a disconnect. Something's out of alignment. And so it requires a little bit of, again, investigation to figure out how do we mold their strategy and take pieces of it to fit into our strategy and really mold it to what's going to work for our own specific blueprint. And by blueprint, I mean, you know, one, we were all born with sort of a personality, likes, dislikes, things like that, but also nature versus nurture. Ever since the day we were born, we've been learning what we do and don't like. We've been learning what works and what doesn't work for us. We have preferences about certain things, the way that we like to work and learn and connect with people is so different. And that's why it requires that molding aspect to it. Because then when we can mold it to our specific blueprint, it becomes way easier to maintain that strategy for a long period of time, right? Like, let's say one common thing is, you know, we hear meditate, successful people meditate. And meditation can come in so many different forms. But if somebody's meditating for one hour every single morning at 5am, that's not going to work for me. I don't want to (laughs) wake up at 5am. I don't want to meditate for an hour. So we have to figure out a way of meditating 
for example, that's going to work for us. That is a very good point because a lot of people do shy away from something as beneficial as like meditation. And then, you know, you talk to them and they do something like knit. Well, that's a perfect opportunity for meditation. It's a very meditative activity. So you just have to look for those places, I think, where things fit into your life. Yeah, exactly. You, you help them connect with creativity. What is this about playfulness? That sounds fun. Let's talk yeah. more about that. <laughs> yeah. So creativity and play, in my opinion, is one and the same, sort of just two different words for the same thing. And a play mindset is getting into a very childlike state, not necessarily acting childish, but a childlike state. And when you think of playing as a kid, it's like being really curious. It's the act of doing something just because we want to do it. There's no specific outcome that we're trying to reach. We find joy in the actual process. And so when we are incorporating a play mindset, it allows us to get into a state of flow. Like when we're in play mode, we're in flow mode. And another word for flow is just like you're in the zone right? Like you're extra productive, you're extra focused in the task that you're doing. And so if we can incorporate a little bit more play into our day, or even gamifying tasks in our work or in our business, that will help us create more efficiency overall. That sounds fantastic. It's fun, right? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, all stiff and rigid. And I think that we oftentimes think like, yes, we got to hustle hard, we got to put in more hours and work harder and do all of these things when in reality, we can burn out so easily that way. And it sucks a little bit of the fun out of the process. And sure, there's always going to be things in business and in life where, you know, it's not the most fun thing. But if we can gamify it or make it a little bit more interesting, and more exciting for us, then we're going to be more invested. And that outcome that comes out of the thing that we're doing is going to be better. That's really fascinating. I love that concept. A lot of coaches that I've worked with and then me working with my clients, getting through working with people on things that, you know, like, I don't like these particular tasks. I don't want to do them, you know, and you work through the resistance and the mindset and then looking for your wants. But I like that you've taken it to like, how can we make this fun? Because that's a whole new level. And I really like that. Can you give us an example of something that you've gamified or that we could gamify? I try and gamify my routines as well. So not only like structuring them to where it makes my day flow pretty easily. So for example, let's say meditation and journaling and reflection. That's part of my morning routine. I meditate about fun stuff. Like, again, it's sort of molding the strategy to what we enjoy, right? So for meditation, I don't like passive meditation. So I'll do active meditation, meaning like I'll let my mind think of random thoughts. And then if I have a thought that comes up, that's really interesting to me, I'll follow it. And it's almost like daydreaming. And that's a portion of play that I enjoy. So that's something where I gamify that specific activity. Then when it comes to things that can be more mundane, say engaging with people online, I really try and gamify it and saying, okay, one, who am I helping along the way, right? Like if I'm engaging with somebody, I want to help them. 
And so if I can challenge myself, right, game is like there's some sort of challenge involved. So if I can challenge myself and say, how will I be able to impact this person positively while engaging with them, whether it be through a comment or a message or a phone call or something of the sort to really put that gamified perspective on it. Right. I love that. Look for ways to make it fun and enjoyable and interesting. Like mm-hmm. you said, that's a fantastic tip. I love that. So creativity and play mindset. I love that. Um, what are some of the other things that you kind of have to work with your clients and help them through? A lot of times it's just structuring our life in a way that fills our cup rather than drains it. I think, you know, one thing that happened to me for a long time, especially when I first started my business, because everything was so new and I was trying to learn so many new things. And I'm the type of person who like, if I commit to something, I'm going to try and go all in and creates a lot of stress. And so sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and my stomach would be in knots. I wasn't looking forward to the day. I was being very reactive in my day. And part of the reason why that was is I didn't structure what I was doing throughout the day to help serve the way that I wanted to feel. So what I mean by that is sometimes we wake up, we're automatically, you know, we're like, okay, what do I got to do today? Uh, maybe you got this list of things to do in your head. But really what was a game changer is planning out my year, planning out my months, planning out my weeks, and then planning out my days so that I didn't really have to think about it. It was something that I woke up, I already know what I'm supposed to be doing for the day. And it's all in alignment for what my yearly goals are. So it's not like I'm constantly trying to figure out every moment or every day, am I doing what's right to get me to the place where I want to be? It's already set up. So it takes a lot of pressure off it, helps release a lot of that tension and stress and confusion and franticness. And another thing too is, again, bringing it back to play. How can I structure a little bit more either downtime, playtime, or just relaxation multiple times in the day? And it doesn't have to be, you know, hours and hours, even five minute play breaks two, three times today will help us increase that productivity. I love that. Planning in your playtime. I think that that's a fantastic idea. Now, I know this is something that I struggle with that would help me is sometimes when I have open time, like the weekend, there's still a lot that I want to get done, but also I want to play, but I still consistently just think that I'll wing it. (laughs) How could I start to incorporate that planning in there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally know what you mean because I did that for a long time and I enjoyed it, or at least I thought I enjoyed it. And I didn't associate, you know, waking up in the mornings some weeks with not planning my playtime or not planning my weekends and stuff. So I think it really comes down to sitting down and doing it, right? Like I know that planning for some people might not excite you. (laughs) Like it's like, I don't really like them planning. For me, I love it. I'm like, sure, let's plan steps A through Z and let's get detailed. But I understand that that's not everybody's forte. So one thing that really helped me was structuring my week based off of my left brain energy and my right brain energy. And what I mean by that is we've got, of course, our left brain, logical thinking, wants more of that structure. And then we have our right brain, which is really creative, playful, likes to uh, wander and roam and live in intuition. And I would structure my 
days, whatever I have to do with either left brain or right brain. So as an example, on Mondays, I dedicated to my right brain energy, meaning I make all my content on Mondays. I have fun conversations either with my family. I specifically don't do any like finances. I don't work on numbers. I don't work on anything that is more left brain on Mondays. And then on Tuesdays, those are my left brain days. So I'll have all of my meetings. I'll do podcasts like editing work. Um, You know, that's when I'll go and apply to be a guest on some podcasts, for example. So I'll do all of the things that's like, all right, got to check this off my to do. And that sort of satisfies that energy. And the reason why I do that And I separate those two is when we have left brain energized activities, for lack of a better word, and right brain energized activities, and we're trying to switch between the two each day, one, it requires, again, a lot of energy because you're trying to move from one space to another. But two, it takes a lot of time. Like it takes time to go from applying to be a guest on podcasts or like working on your financial spreadsheets to then going to create content. Whoa, that's like, how do I get from one headspace to another? So by putting it all in one day, things can flow a little bit faster. And so, you know, maybe Saturdays or and Sundays are your fun, fulfilling, like creative days. And then the other days of the week are different, whatever you decide to schedule each day versus left brain versus right brain. Which makes perfect sense and fits perfectly like, you know, having that creative, fun time and then also doing things like hiking with my dog that all makes sense together. It works together. I like what you said about trying to switch back in two, because I know there's a lot of research now about, you know, like multitasking and how it's not really a thing and people actually kind of get stuck. And one thing, you know, said it can take someone up to almost 30 minutes to get back on track once they've, you know, been distracted. And I have inattentive ADD as well. So, I mean, it's true. You can jump to an email or something from a creative project and then you come back and it's like, what was I even thinking about? Exactly. And this way it allows enough freedom for people who don't necessarily love planning and all of that structure. It allows enough freedom for them to still do what they want and still wing it within some guidelines so that, you know, imagine switching that energy all day, every day. Like, yeah, by the end of the day, you probably feel really drained. And then you look back and you're like, what did I do today? And sometimes you're like, I don't even know. (laughs) That's so accurate. That's a hundred percent accurate. I love it. So yeah, that's fantastic. I'm going to see if I can incorporate that and it'll help me down the road to planning because I'm not a planner, but I know the benefits of it. So I've been struggling with that myself. Like, how do I implement this? Um, Is there anything else? I mean, I know you help with a lot of things. I've actually got a list from you, but something else that we could talk about today that you have to work with to help people in their business. One of the most underrated things that we do, you know, along the lines of connection, but really connection with ourselves and how our connections with other people and our relationships with other people are a direct reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. So not only when I take on clients and everything, are we working on, yes, let's figure out how you can be the best, uh, you know, 
networking person or you can be the best podcast host or you can be the best coach to your clients. But what does that relationship look like with yourself first? And we so often are in our heads, but in a state of judgment instead of a state of grace. And so working through how we're communicating with ourselves, checking in with our emotional state often, um, and making sure that that's in alignment with how we want to be, what our future man, woman, person, the person that we'd like to be becoming. That's amazing. I'm glad that you said that and put it that way, because I know I work with women with self-compassion and that relationship with yourself. And that's an important piece is helping people see how important that is to your connection with others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we underestimate it. And we try so hard to fix like these concrete, tangible skills um, that how do I speak better or what strategy should I put in place for finding the right people to bring into my network? And it's like, those are all very important things. But if we haven't worked on the root first and we haven't healed from the inside out, then either down the line, maybe we are self-sabotaging or maybe we're unintentionally putting ourselves into positions or relationships with people that aren't as fruitful as they could be. Not necessarily bad relationships, but just aren't as fruitful as they could be. Yes, exactly. And so can you give us like a little tool or tip for that, like connecting with yourself in a way that will improve your connection with others? Mm -hmm. I think the most simple things (laughs) is self-reflection and a form of meditation. Again, meditation is one of those things where maybe you love it, maybe you hate it. And again, it's something where I'd recommend playing around with it. But the actual being in a meditative state is so, so good for being able to listen to our thoughts and see what comes up, hopefully without judgment. Not to digress too far, but essentially what I'm trying to get at is usually when something's out of alignment, We know it because there's that icky feeling in our gut or in our chest. And when we get that, it's a sign to say, oh, what caused that icky feeling? And then we can start asking ourselves questions. And the meditative state just allows us to more easily ask those questions and listen to the response that we give ourselves. And we'll just go with an example, you know, let's say the podcast example, since we're doing this. Let's say before a podcast, you just get this icky, terrible feeling. You're like, oh my God, Um, what if I bomb? What if I'm not good enough? Like, what if I mess up or say something stupid? A really good practice might be taking two minutes even prior to the podcast, getting in a meditative state, whatever that means for you, and assessing what's true and what's right. Like, one, it's okay. If I mess up two, if I do mess up, is that attached to my worth in any way? No. If I make a fool of myself, does that have any effect on my identity or who I am as a person or how many people I can impact and help? No. So it's just asking our questions of is what I'm feeling and thinking right and true? And if it's not, then it's out of alignment and that feeling and that icky gut-wrenching thing that happens is more of a signal to say, hey, you should look at this. And as we do that more often, it's that process of reflection that helps. 
That's fantastic. You put that so well. I, I love it. And yeah, that's, you know, meditation is about learning to observe and be curious. As you've talked about with a lot of these, curiosity is very important with play and fun and observing your own mindset from curiousness and not judgment. So that's fantastic. I've been loving these tools and the things that you've said so far. So I know some of the listeners are as well. What do you have going on right now? How do they reach out to you if they're interested in working with you? Yeah, you can find me. LinkedIn is my golden place where I put all of my best tips and advice and just free valuable content and everything. So if somebody's looking to dip their toes into the water and connect with me there, that's a great place. You can find me under just my name, Haley Kalani. And if somebody's interested in finding more about how to work with me, you can go to my website, which is just hkalaniconsulting.com. And I have a 90-day program all the way to just a session. Maybe you just need a breakthrough, which is 60 minutes. And we'll dive into what might be holding you back and what steps you might be able to take to get out of that position of feeling stuck. That's fantastic. I know that people are going to be looking into that because this has just been a great talk. You've had so much insight and really great ways of looking at things and, and working through things. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for your time today. Do you have any last words to leave us with? Yeah, thank you, Lisa. I seriously appreciate it. It's been really fun. I love having conversations like this. It just fuels me. I guess as a parting word is whoever's listening, realize that your path is so unique and looking at other people and their path and their timeline as well. We want to rush things so often. So being patient and realizing that the path that we're on, if we have those goals, dreams, desires, whatever you want to call them, know that they're coming. And as long as we are taking inspired action, that it will come eventually. Amazing. Again, great. (laughs) I love it. For those of you who are listening and this is resonating with you, please reach out to Haley and, you know, get started because obviously a breakthrough is in your future if you do that. So check that out. And as always, go out there and live life vibrantly.